If you're a coach, you have to remember you're an educator. That's what you are. And if you really think about it, we have like the World Health Organization and the CD, like we have all these different organizations, right? And they're supposed to be educating people on how to stay healthy. They're fucking not, like they suck. They're not doing much at all. No one is going to the CDC or the World Health Organization Instagram account to look at how to get healthier. Like they're not. They're not going online and Googling like World Health Organization exercise recommendations. They're not. They're going to Google and they're gonna be like, the best exercise for fat loss or how to fix my knee pain or like what food should I eat to burn fat or whatever it is or best exercise to build muscle or how do I grow my glutes and they're going to find someone on Instagram or they're going to find someone on TikTok or they're going to find a website article from me in 2015 or whatever it is. They're going to find content from people like us, from coaches. We're really the educators in the world and when you understand that and take that responsibility on, now it becomes much more like now like you have so much more impact. It's not these big organizations, it's individuals that really have have the most impact. This is lunch with the punch. Hey guys, Dustin Bogle here with the Lunch with a Punch podcast. I got a very special guest. I'm really excited to dive into some great strategies and content with you guys. And so if you don't know who he is, He's got multiple certifications, including precision nutrition and a West Side Barbell certified coach, which tells you he knows his stuff. He's also got a bachelor's degree. He was Gary V's trainer for three years, and he actually calls himself a strength and nutrition wizard. I've been following this guy for a while, and he, he's creeping up in a really cool place in terms of social media following, which is very close to that 1 million follower mark. So I'm excited to touch base with him, and he's my special guest today. Jordan Syatt. Jordan, you ready to do this, my friend? Let's do it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. So I thought we'd start it off with some rapid fire and uh, just do some fun, silly questions that just get us going here and get the audience, if they don't know you, to know a little bit more about you. Um, Perfect. So we're coaches, man. And again, that's a little bit that why I connect with you because I've been a coach, been a gym owner, and now I'm very much in an online business. And that's who the audience is here. We couldn't start a discussion without asking about exercises. So first rapid fire question is, what is your favorite exercise and your least favorite exercise? Favorite exercise is deadlifts. Least favorite exercise is burpees. Love it. All right. And we're going to touch on that because I do got your great list of seven exercises you shouldn't be doing. And I love them all. <laughs> all right. What's the best thing you bought in the last year? Best thing I bought. Oh man, there's some really good ones, but probably a trip to Greece was probably the best, the best one trip to Greece, like a honey, honeymoon to my wife. That was probably the best thing. Awesome. All right, man. I love it. And congrats, by the way, that was not too far, right? It was pretty recent. Yeah, just like six months ago or so. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now the big sci-fi battle, Harry Potter or Star Wars? Harry Potter without question. Without. <laughs> question. <laughs> That's what I was betting on, but I want to double check. All right. What book, I got my books here behind me I'm, I, and people always comment OCD, like color coded, but it just looks yeah, cool to me. That. I, wow, that is yeah, I swear I'm not OCD. <laughs> just, I think it looks cool for a background. What is a great book you think should be on everybody's shelf that everybody should have read at least once? All right. So aside from the Harry Potter series, let's see, I'm going to go with, since this audience is more like coaches and I'm assuming like online business, people want to build an audience. I would say made to stick is one of my favorite books by Chip and Dan Heath, yes. especially from a content creation perspective. It changed my entire life in terms of how to make 
content more sticky, how to say things in a way that people will never forget and help them remember it and remember you and keep you top of mind. So that's a really good book. It's, I love that book. And I even love the power of moments that they wrote as well. That's an amazing book book as well. Yeah. All right. Great. Um, Cool. All right. Just a couple more. What is the most ridiculous way you've ever been injured? Oh man, I've been injured in a lot of really stupid ways. So I, (laughs) one, so one wrestling season in high school, I broke my ankle and I was finishing up my physical therapy. I went to physical therapy for many months And on my literal last day of physical therapy, I wasn't supposed to go back to wrestling yet. But on my last day of physical therapy, I went back to wrestling without my mom knowing. And I broke my other ankle on that, on the last day that I was supposed to finish my physical therapy for my other ankle. And then I broke my other one and then I had to go to the hospital and my mom was pissed at me. So I didn't do anything stupid in terms of, I didn't make any mistakes. It was just like ridiculous that on the last day of physical therapy for my right ankle, I broke my left ankle. Got it. Okay. All right. And then the last question is, how many days a week are you training right now? Like how many days are you in the gym? I'm in the gym every day doing something. I, for me training at this point, like I've had periods of time, like when I was coaching Gary Vaynerchuk, like I was fat, I was out of shape. I wasn't really working out or eating well at all. And now like, I'm in, I do jujitsu five or six times a week. I do cardio basically every day and I strength train three or four times a week. So for me right now, my fitness is at an all time best. All right. I love it, man. And it's funny that you mentioned that because that happens pretty commonly. It's like when a coach is super fit and they become a coach, they start gaining weight because they're taking care of everybody else, but not themselves. Yeah. Even gym owners will joke around and say, oh man, you got owner's body because yeah. they'll sit down and learn so much about the business. And that means being on a computer and like marketing and sending out emails and adjusting credit cards. And then they just get overweight. They get fat. And it's, you got owner's body, man. You got to lose it. Get back on track. Yeah. It sounds like you're in a similar situation. If you're coaching people all day, the last thing you want to do is train yourself. It's so easy. That's, it's funny. That's one of the reasons why a lot of people who are not coaches yet, but it's interesting getting into the fitness industry has never been easier than it is right now. And so many people want to do it because they see someone on Instagram doing it. They want to be a coach, not because they love coaching, but because they think it's an easy way to make money. And so I actually discourage a lot of people from getting into the industry. I'm like, if you just like working out, just keep working out because you like it. You don't need to get in the fitness industry just because you like working out. If you like coaching people, become a coach. It's two very different things to like working out and to like coaching people. And if you're the person who just likes to work out and you don't want to coach people and motivate them and all that, don't ruin fitness for yourself by starting by becoming a coach. Because once you become a coach, now it becomes much more difficult. Yes. And so I I think we should start there coaching. I love that we're on this topic. You're absolutely right. I think a lot of people used to joke that like real estate was the easiest thing because you just take this test and everybody's a real estate agent. You see these cards everywhere. There's a million of them. But coaching, you can simply set up an Instagram account, take a shirtless photo, make your title a coach and start accepting clients. Most people don't check for if you're certified, you have any experience. They're just like, you look fit. And so I want you to speak on that. Do you ever see that where somebody is fit, but that doesn't mean you should take advice from them? And does that drive you bonkers if you do see that? And what is something that you'd speak about to people about that? What's funny about that is at least with that, at least with that scenario, the person had to put in a little bit of effort to look fit, right? Now, 
you don't even need to look fit. Now you could just say you're a coach, but like, you don't even have to look, you don't have to be fit now. Like it's not even part of being a coach anymore, part of being fitness. It's like, in fact, for me saying this, people are going to be like, oh, he's body shaming people. Da, 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 da. It's like now you could be like really unhealthy and still say you're a fitness coach. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, at least with the first situation, the person still had to put in some effort, even if they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. It drives me bonkers that you could just go into your Instagram bio and write like personal trainer or whatever and take booty pictures or just like a picture of like yourself shirtless. And all of a sudden people trust you. And like your only education is looking at other Instagram posts. Like you didn't you didn't study. You didn't read any books. It's funny. I remember one time a young person who wanted to be a coach said they were like, they were very new in the industry and they're like, I want to be a coach, but I feel like I'm just getting burned out of writing so many programs. I'm like, let me ask you, how many books have you read on program design? And they were like, none. I was like, that's a big fucking problem that you've never read a book on program design. All the information you're getting is from swipe workouts on Instagram. If you haven't read books cover to cover on program design, then of course you're going to get burned out because you don't know about program design. You're making shit up. Your idea of program design is, oh, this exercise looks cool. And you're just trying to do different exercises to like make it more fun as opposed and more interesting as opposed to more effective. Let's look into the different types of program design. Let's look into why you're doing certain exercises. Let's look into different, into different periodization models and all of that. Then it's much harder to get burned out because you have so much more knowledge and different ways to structure it, not just looking for the next coolest looking exercise. Yeah, I totally hear you on that, man. And I'll even admit guilty as charged back in the day when I first started, when it was uh, sledgehammers were popular and tire flipping. So I like 2012, something like that. Yeah. And and the ropes, the battle ropes back then. So So like I got certified in 2004. I opened my first gym in 2012. Everybody on social media at that time is flipping tires and sledgehammering. So I find one and I start doing it and I never have done it. So I have no business coaching somebody how to do it, but I did it. And again, guilty as charged. So the client's hitting it and it just like completely just ricocheted and just hit her in the side of the knee. And she was pretty jacked up. And it's like, luckily it wasn't super serious. It could have got worse. But a second example is the tire flip. I didn't have no idea how much weight to give. That's a tire. These are clients, put them together. We got tire flips. I just found a giant tire for sale. I was showing them how to flip it. It's not too hard for me. I'm a big, tall guy, but I had my clients, these little Mrs. Jones squat down and do it. She went like below parallel to get it way too low on her lower back and jacked up her back. And it's probably for life. It's because what you brought up, my choice of program design, my choice to select the exercises. And I don't think people take that enough serious. And I think that's what really caused me is unfortunately, I had to be the person to touch the fire to realize it's hot. And I don't like that I went that route. So I'm glad that you're speaking up on that. I have clients that sometimes want to become a coach because they like to do a workout, but they don't understand what is the purpose of the exercise. And when should I do something I see another person doing? And when should I not do? I have the knowledge of being able to filter that, or am I doing it based on flash and how excited it gets me? And so I think that that's a a lot of wisdom that you're bringing that shows how many years in the game you've been doing it. And that again, you're seeing things that people are doing for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. So I think this is a good time to bring up your seven exercises you should not be doing. So I'm just going to go through them real quick. And there's a couple I just want to elaborate on. So it was crab walks, the American kettlebell swing, plank jacks, external rotations with dumbbells, bench dips, the burpee and the mountain climbers. And uh, I got to say the one that for me was a super, I'm like all in, I love it was the burpee. 
I think that causes way more injuries for people. And you said it great on, on your account was like, could you just do a squat and could you just do a push up and not do them back to back? <laughs> but since making those videos, has there been any others? Would you add some bonus ones? You're like, oh, here's a number eight because I totally caught this one later on. Oh, I have a ton. I have a massive list that I'm doing. I took the last week off because my wife and I went on a, on a little vacation before our baby is born, but I have a big list of exercises. I will say, so for the dumbbell external rotation, if it's side lying, it's great. If you're lying on your side, fantastic. But if you're standing up and doing dumbbell external rotations, that makes no fucking sense at all. Just gravity is pushing the weight down and you're trying to work a muscle that is working in the frontal plane. And if you don't know what these terms mean, you need to fucking study. If you think that exercise makes sense, you're ignorant in the nicest terms possible. Like you're ignorant. The, I want to do kipping pull-ups. I really want to do kipping pull-ups. I think they're fucking idiotic. They're just so stupid. The only, oh, you know what else I want to do? Kipping pull-ups, number one. The issue, so I literally, I'm in my new office, just got a new office because we have a baby coming and it's in the same building that we live, but I'm setting up a squat rack, pull up bar, all this stuff. So once that's all set up, I'll do kipping pull-ups. I just want to hit my head on the ceiling. And I also want to do the Stairmaster. I see this all the time, like Stairmaster with the kickback that a lot of the people, like with that extra I knew you were going to say that. I can't wait to do that one. That one's going to be good. I have a huge list of exercises that I have that coming that I'm going to do videos on this. And like, I've never been a fan of trying to record somebody in the camera or in the gym. Never, one of them. Never, yeah. Because yeah. that that the person's probably just straight up ignorant. We're all in some way or another. There's things that I have no idea about, and that's just gonna make people stay away from fitness, and it's gonna scare them away. But yeah, I think that again, the good challenge here for the listeners or the viewers is to just say to yourself, why did Jordan make this these exercises on his list? What is it about them? that is dangerous or harmful or doesn't cause to get the best results. Like what muscle are we training on the crab walk? Probably just a crazy exercise to make you tired that you saw somebody else do. So you decide to implement it, but like, what are we actually targeting? Let's talk about it. Right. And if you watch the content, I don't just say this exercise sucks. Don't do it. I say this exercise sucks. Here's why. Here's what I want you to do instead. It's not just complaining for the sake of complaining. It's this is exercises either just making you tired because your coach doesn't know what else to do or, and, or it's dangerous. And I don't want you to do it for fear of you getting hurt. So instead do this exercise, which actually accomplishes what you want to accomplish in a safe way. Yes. I love it. All right, Jordan, one more question about coaching. Is there any other mistakes that you would say to the coaches that like, we need to change this about our industry, guys. This thing drives me crazy or we're going in the wrong direction here and we need to turn it around. Is there anything that comes to mind when you hear that? Bro, we could talk for a week on that. Yeah, I could, sure. We could write uh, an encyclopedia, fill an encyclopedia. We could fill a library, an entire library. All the books you have behind you, like not enough room for how many issues we yeah. have in the industry and the shit that we need to fix. I'm assuming that most of the people who listen to your podcast are science-based fitness professionals, yeah, um, sure. which is an important distinction to make because the fitness industry is huge, but the science-based industry is relatively small. The, I'm going to speak, uh, there's no point in me talking to the main fitness industry if most of these people are science-based because the science-based industry knows how shitty the main industry is. But the science-based industry still has a lot of stupid shit inside of it. It's still a lot of really stupid stuff. And especially when it comes to helping the people who need it, 
one of the biggest issues that I see science-based fitness professionals making, especially when it comes to content and helping people for free is being a jackass online and trying to sound super smart to impress your peers rather than speaking to the people who actually need your help. So uh, one major issue with the science-based industry is people will make content and they'll be like, all right, if you've got anterior pelvic tilt and we've got upper cross syndrome and lower cross and you've got this and we want to look on the iliacus. And I'm like, why the fuck are you talking, like saying things in such a, a way that tries to make you sound smart instead of saying, hey, listen, show your nipples to the wall. Like they know what that means. Don't talk about getting thoracic extension from the bottom of the deadlift. No, just show your nipples to the wall in front of you. They know what that means. And what I'm trying to say here is so many people, when they make content, they're doing it for their ego, not actually to help people. And then they get mad that their content doesn't do as well because here I am wearing a wig and not talking scientifically. I'm just trying to be fun and give good information inside of an entertaining package. Whereas you're trying to impress other coaches, the people that are going to pay you and that you can actually help they don't know much about fitness. They don't know what you know. So stop trying to impress them. Just give them good information and try and make it enjoyable. Stop trying to impress other people with your knowledge. No one gives a shit. So stop using big words. Stop trying to sound impressive. Just give good information away. One of the best quotes I've ever heard is a real expert in something can make the concept so simple a five-year-old can understand it. So if a five-year-old can't understand what your content is saying, it's too difficult to understand. Make it so simple, a five-year-old can do it. And then from there, your business is going to take off and you're actually going to help people. I love it. And you know, what's funny is whenever I would be coaching a session, I was trying to get my clients to activate their glutes. I would make a joke, but you know, again, this is what got people to come and train with me is that I made fitness a little more fun. I would say, pretend there's a credit card loaded with a million dollars in between your butt cheeks. And if I take it, it's mine. But if you can keep it in between your butt cheeks, it's yours. And then yeah. everybody pinched. It was easy to remember. Everyone's laughing. Did he really say that? But then they would go and tell their friends that I'm getting referrals. So it's, I made fitness fun. I made it simple. I made it easy to understand. So I'm a big believer in that. I love that. So you brought up social media. I was going to ask you, like, who is your avatar? Who is your ideal person that you want watching your content, consuming your content? So it's funny. I actually... <laughs> I hate when people ask what my avatar is <laughs> and I'm going to say why. And I know a lot of people in the marketing world disagree with me on this and that's fine. We can have differing opinions. Number one is everyone needs to get better with health and fitness. We're in an industry where it doesn't fucking matter. Everyone wants to get healthier and either lose fat or build muscle or like how they look like everyone, everybody in the world wants to be healthier, everybody. So I don't give a shit about the avatar. I don't care like how much money you make. I don't care where you live. I don't care what books you read. I don't give a shit about any of that. So I've had clients who are janitors and they work two full-time jobs just to bring in extra income. And I've had clients who are like some of the most powerful CEOs in the world. And they both have the exact same fucking goals. So I'm not a fan of the whole avatar bit for the fitness industry. I think it makes people way overcomplicated. What you really have to realize is there are three main goals in the fitness industry. There's aesthetic-based goals, like changing how you look. There are athletic-based goals, changing how you perform, and there are pain-related goals, like getting out of pain. Once you know what your specialty is and what you really want to improve, then you just make content based around that. So 
if you're more focused on the physical therapy side of things or mobility or pain reduction, then your content's probably going to be more around that. If you're more focused on athleticism and athletic performance, then your content should be more focused around that. If your content is more physique based or aesthetics based, then your content is going to be around that. And the content you make will attract the type of person that you want. For example, I have so few bodybuilders following me and I have zero bodybuilders hiring me because I have no fucking interest in working with them. And I don't make content around that. So they don't follow me. So my content is just based around feeling better, moving better, being healthier and having fun. That's I think what most people in the world want. So I'm targeting like the biggest demographic. So if you want to target bodybuilders, then you should do things. They talk about things that bodybuilders struggle with, like whether it's like getting that last little stubborn, stubborn fat down, keeping your metabolism as high as possible, reverse dieting. Uh, I don't know, whatever, like program design for bodybuilders, any of that staging, posing, what all that stuff that bodybuilders do. I don't know. I'm not a bodybuilder. I don't look like a bodybuilder, but you're the person that you want to work with is just going to be interested in you because you are providing the information that they want not based on their income, not based on, I hate when people talk about like high ticket coaching and fucking trying to get the people with the most money. Like that pisses me off more than anything. That to me tells me that you don't actually care about coaching people and helping people. You just want to rake in as much money as you can for as little work as possible, which for me, I'm like, fuck off. I don't want to deal with you. It's, I just want to help as many people as I can with the knowledge that I've accrued over the years. That's it. Hey guys, it's Dustin Bogle coming at you. And I wanted to ask, have you picked up a copy of my book, Reinforce Your Gym? It is a Amazon bestseller and it is packed with strategies on how to get you more leads and build your lead machine, how to multiply your sales and get more sales and increase your LTV from every single client and how to build your dream team. All right, how to develop leaders, and establish a team that will help you make your vision a reality. Those are the things you can expect to see in the book. So you can get on Amazon as a paperback, a hardback, or on Kindle. And man, it is worth it, my friends, because for 10 or $15, you're gonna get all my years of experience as a gym owner packaged into one nice bundle so that you can go in, digest the content, and take action and grow your business. So pick up a copy of that on Amazon now, and you won't regret it. Love it. Love it, man. All right. And totally, I see where you're coming from. And I think that the people that need our help the most, given the pandemic, there's so many people that it was like a wake up call, take your health serious. And who was it? It was just your regular general pop people. They're the ones that need the most help. We need good soldiers like you, like me, like a lot of the great coaches that exist in the world to help them to change so that they can live that better life. Cause that's what it's all about. Right. Yep. A hundred percent. So I guess continuing with that, that topic of content, like in strategy and social media, like you, you've been very consistent for a long time, like a long time, longer than most people are willing to go. That's the fire you walk through to get where you are. So I wanted to ask you, like, would you chalk it up to that? Of course, I'm sure quality content is another thing. You put out a lot of good science-based content, but you package it in humor. And again, that's one of the things that makes it a lot of fun in more approachable to digest than somebody that's being very stern and serious beyond the consistency. What would you say is something else that has helped you to gain more followers? I'm sure it was very deliberate. It wasn't an accident. You didn't have one video that wouldn't get viral overnight. But if somebody was like really wanting to work on that again, they're going to be consistent. They have been consistent. Is there anything else that you would package on top of that? Yes, there's a bunch. So consistency is obviously the most important thing. And it's funny because a lot of coaches, they like, oh, I get it. Consistency, consistency, but they're saying the same exact thing to their clients. 
right? Like their clients who aren't making progress, their clients who like aren't looking the way they want to look or feeling the way they want to feel or, or they're not losing weight, whatever it is, but their client is working out once or twice a week and eating like shit 90% of the time. And then coaches, you're not being consistent. And then coach gets mad when the person is upset with their results. And then I see the same thing with coaches. Coaches are like, oh, I'm just, I'm not getting any followers and my business isn't growing. And I look at their Instagram page and they posted twice in the last year and a half. And their post is like, one post is about a pickup truck and the next post is about their dog. And like, maybe they had one post about how to like them in doing a workout, but they don't even explain any of the workout. It's just them in the gym, probably hitting a PR. So they're hoping to get like ego likes and validation from people saying like how strong they are, how good they look, but they've provided zero educational value. The number one most important thing above all is consistency. And if you're telling your clients to eat fruits and vegetables every day and to drink water every day and to get their steps every day and to sleep well every day, then you should be posting every day. Your posts are your fruits and your vegetables and your water and your walking and your sleep. If you can't post one time a day, then you're, then you really don't want to do this <laughs> one time a day. It's not that fucking hard. It's really not. That's number one. So you should be able to post at least one time a day. The other thing here is I think a lot of people if we have if we have to break content down into three categories, we can. There's three different types of content. We have educational content, which is just purely education, which is what I think most people in the fitness industry do. Then we have entertaining type of content, like entertainment style content. We could look at, for example, a stand-up comedian or like, I don't know if you, Trey Kennedy, or a lot of like funny people online, or even like a lot of prank people. That's just straight up entertainment. And then we have the third category, which is a combination of the two, entertainment and education. Now, I think a combo of the two is the best. But if you go back and look at my content from years and years ago, I started making content in 2011. It was purely education, zero entertainment. That's all my content was. And that's what I built the foundation of my business on. The more comfortable I got making content, the more entertainment I was able to inject within it because I got more comfortable and confident on camera and I learned how to do that. But what most people need to start off with is just education. If you're a coach, you have to remember your job is you're an educator. That's what you are. And if you really think about it, we have the World Health Organization and the CD, like we have all these different organizations, right? And they're supposed to be educating people on how to stay healthy, yes. but they're number, they're fucking not. Like they suck. They're not doing much at all. No one is going to the CDC or the World Health Organization Instagram account to look at how to get healthier. Like they're not going online and Googling like World Health Organization exercise recommendations. They're not. They're going to Google and they're going to be like the best exercise for fat loss or how to fix my knee pain or what food should I eat to burn fat or whatever it is or best exercise to build muscle or how do I grow my glutes? And they're going to find someone on Instagram or they're going to find someone on TikTok or they're going to find a website article for me in 2015 or whatever it is, there are YouTube video, whatever they're going to find content from people like us, from coaches. We're really the educators in the world. And when you understand that and take that responsibility on now, it becomes much more like now, like you have so much more impact. It's not these big organizations. It's individual individuals that really have the most impact. So if you look at yourself as an educator and you educate in your content consistently, consistent number one, education number two, you're going to be good. You're going to be better than 99% of other coaches out there and people will start following you. And when I say education, and a simple way to explain this is at the end of your post, if you can't identify one thing that someone should be able to take away 
from that post that they could immediately do to get better. I call it the IPA, the immediately practical action. If you don't know what your IPA is at the end of your post, if you don't know what the person will immediately be able to do to get better, like right now, just from reading or watching your post, then it's a shitty post. If you just post your workout, that's a shitty post. What the fuck are they supposed to take from that? Cool. I did some chin-ups and glute and like chin-ups and push-ups today or whatever. Like awesome. No one gives a fuck. How about you say, Hey, if you're struggling to do chin-ups, here's four ways to get your first chin-up. Boom, whatever. Great. Now you have an IPA. You have actually have four IPAs for them. If someone's struggling to stay full while they're dieting, if you're just posting your meal, like this is why I hate what I eat in a day's. It's like that teaches them fucking nothing. Hey, if you're struggling with weight loss with, cause you're hungry all the time, here are like five things you can do to be in a calorie deficit while staying full. Boom. That's a great post that actually helps people. It gives them practical information. So if you're making content, make it educational and make it immediately practical for them to apply it to their life. And then from there, if you want to add the little sprinkle on top, entertain them, make it a little bit funny. Like for me, it's, I think a lot of people who don't know me, they think I'm doing the wigs and the accents like specifically for content. I do that. I've done that since I was a kid. Since I was a toddler, I was doing different accents. I was doing different characters. I was in acting. I was in musicals. Like I love that stuff. I do that all the time. My wife gets pissed at me because if we go around, like sometimes when we travel, if we go into a restaurant, I will pretend I am from a different place with an accent to the waiter, just because <laughs> I want to see if I can do that accent and just make up a whole story. I just love that stuff. It's fun for me, regardless of content or not. So I'll add that in just because that's part of who I am and what I love to do. And it has the added benefit of entertaining them as well. I love it, man. If that's not someone's natural forte, if they're not like an entertainer, if they're not extrovert, like, what could they do? Should they make some content with another person on the camera with them and have a little bit more of that safety net, have a buddy? Should they just do reps? Should they join improv? Just, just you don't have to be, you don't have to be me. Yeah. For example, Eric Cressy, one of arguably the greatest of all time. And if you don't know who Eric Cressy is, then like you have a lot of studying. This guy is like the goat of the fitness industry. One of the greatest, smartest of all time, not really funny or entertaining at all, but so educational. Dean Somerset, Tony Gemelcore, Mike Robertson. Tony's actually very entertaining. Tony's a funny writer. But like you look at um, like Nia Shanks, an amazing writer, amazing strength coach. Louis Simmons, who like rest in peace. He, he was not funny. Like he actually was funny if you knew him, but like he wasn't entertaining from the perspective of anything outside of just he's pure education. And when you watch, you just want to learn. The best people are, they start with a base and foundation of education and like, why this many sets and reps, why this exercise, like why this muscle group, whatever educate. And if you don't know how to educate people, that means you need to study more. If you don't know, like, well, I just don't know what I'm at to educate them on. Cool. You need to educate yourself first, read more books. Like no one reads books anymore. And I'm not talking about books on tapes, get a fucking book and read it. The science and practice of strength training, strength and conditioning essentials, anything from Vladimir Zatsyorsky. Like you want to like dive into Russian strength secrets or anything like that. Like Alan Aragon, Lyle McDonald, like all these guys, like start reading, get books and educate yourself because then all of a sudden it's, oh, I could talk about this shit for days and days and days and days without taking a breath. Cause it just, you know, it. it's funny. Like people ask, my wife always laughs. She's like, you never prepare for podcasts and I'll never look at questions that people want to ask me. And she was like, why? Cause, cause I know what I'm talking about. You're not going to ask me about 
welding. If you ask me about welding, then I would say, I have no idea. And I would have needed to prepare for that podcast. But if it's to do with fitness, like I don't need to prepare. I know all the shit I'm going to talk about because I've studied it and spoken about it for years. Yeah. I, man, there's so many good golden nuggets there. And I think for sure, I've often said this to our team of coaches or our facilities, because we, we operate three gyms in Southern California. And I said, if you got nothing to teach, then that means you haven't learned anything. Because yes. when you you just learn something, you're excited. You, you want to make a piece of content about it. You want to train it with your clients. You want to test it on yourself. And so if you're like not excited to tell anybody anything, you probably have stopped on your self-development and you need to go back and invest into that. Beyond like the skill of coaching and just learning about the science. And of course, that's super valuable. What would you say is the next most valuable skill that a coach needs to learn to be successful in their, whether they're going to be on their own and be an entrepreneur, or they're going to say, enjoy working at a facility more, but what's the next most valuable skill beyond the knowledge of getting results? Okay. So outside of just like the knowledge, uh, I would say communication is probably Mm -hmm. the most important one. Learning to listen. I see a lot of coaches who just, they don't know how to listen. It's like actually shocking, terrible listeners. And I think listening is actually more important than speaking because you're listening, being a good listener and communicator and really listening to what they're saying to you is going to impact how you provide your coaching to them. And I know some of my favorite coaches in the world. I think Ben Bruno is a perfect, amazing example of someone who's a great listener and a great coach. Ben is not like the most talkative guy. He's not going out and like, he's not super talkative or or doing tons of videos or anything, but he's an amazing coach. And it was one of the the reason I think he's one of the best coaches because he's such a good listener. He knows what his clients want. He knows what they need. He has that massive knowledge foundation and he's not, he's not putting wigs on. He's not doing what I'm doing, but he's a great coach because he's a very good communicator and a good listener. So if there's one book that someone could start to read, I would say motivational interviewing is probably, I think the most underrated book in the entire fitness industry. And it's funny, I said earlier, made to stick. Now, I think for anybody, motivational interviewing is probably one of the best things anyone could read. Just the original text and they have new updated versions, get the original text, not they made one for fitness. I haven't read that one. The original motivational interviewing text will teach you how to talk to people, how to listen to people, how to structure conversations with people. If you can understand that, you will be massively successful in anything that you accomplish, whether it's building a good relationship with your spouse or having a good conversation with a friend or a client or communicating online, like motivational interviewing is unbelievably important. Final question about content strategy. Where do you draw your inspiration? Is it just hearing what people are struggling with? Is it just being out in the world? Like, how do you plan what your next content piece is going to be? So I don't plan any of it. I don't plan any of my content. I go by however I feel. I'll text myself different ideas as I, if they randomly pop in my head, I have a big text list with myself. So for example, the stupid exercise list, I just randomly text more so I can just now go scroll for days and see them. The best way, so right now is I do Q and A's. I do Q and A's on my Instagram and whatever questions people ask, I make answers to them in content form. That's it. When I was coaching people in person for eight, 10, 12 hours a day, someone would ask me, they'd ask me a question on the floor and I would go make content about it later in the day. It's like whatever questions your clients ask, other people have the same question. could be a client, could be a family member, but like, I don't know, I'm struggling to get enough protein in. Cool. Here's five foods that you can eat to get more protein in. Or how much protein should I eat? Cool. Here's an equation to tell you how much protein you should eat every day. Or I don't know, my knees hurt when I squat cool. Here's a video on how to make sure your knees don't hurt while you squat. Like these are all the top of my head. 
These are super common questions. You're going to answer the same fucking questions over and over again for the rest of your life as a coach. And if you don't like that, don't become a coach because <laughs> that's what being a coach is. You answer the same fucking questions until you die. And that's it. And that's one of the reasons why I like being entertaining with it. Cause it's more fun for me rather than just sitting in front of the camera being like, okay, here's the equation for how many calories. Here's the equation for how much protein over and over again. I make the same content in different ways. And honestly, I think it could apply to a lot. If you're a jujitsu person and you're looking at that, or you're a teacher or, you know, you're a parent and you're repeating the same thing over and over. I think what I look at it as well is it's another opportunity for you to try to package it in a more precise way. You're like, Hey, my last rep, Maybe I was a little too wordy. Maybe I didn't make it as clear. Maybe I didn't have that instant step. So I'm going to try to work on it. And then that's how you actually also build that communication skill is to just do more and more reps and make the what you're trying to communicate simpler and simpler. So that the person actually takes action on what you teach them. And that's the benefit of doing those reps as well. And I think that, again, a lot of coaches, what I would say I've seen is that they struggle with someone's already made a piece of content around that. Who cares what my thoughts are? But the truth is your clients, they want to know your way. And I'm sure you've answered the same question. A lot of people on social media or just the internet have answered, but you put your own spin on it and they're just interested to hear your opinion on that specific matter, right? A hundred percent. A lot of people, so many people have made that content. Number one is I guarantee you that you get the same questions every day from your clients, from your family members, from your friends, and you can either send them a video that I made and to give me that, that client, which I would love that. Great. Send them my account. Awesome. Or you make that fucking video and now they can see it and they can see it from someone they trust. And then they'll share that video with their friends. And that's how you start getting referrals and other clients. That's how you start building an audience. Even if they don't go and send them yours, the client will want to know. So they're going to go find it on their own. And yeah. I can't tell you how many times a client would come up and just say, so I decided to go on keto. And I'm like, well, like, why'd you choose that? I was watching this YouTube and the guy made a good case. And I'm like, oh my God, who, I don't even know his name. And he's stealing my clients because he made some sort of flashy slide deck or just a good case on why you should do it. So yeah. they're going to find out. It'd just be better if you gave them your opinion and they stayed in your ecosystem, right? And it it's so interesting. A lot of people like the, the whole concept of all oh, everyone that's that video has already been made. So many people have said that. So if that were the case, then you wouldn't have anybody asking you that question anymore. Like that question wouldn't be an issue anymore. People are asking you that question. So make that fucking video. And you have to remember, like, you're really interested in this stuff. So your feed is probably all fitness stuff and you see it all the time. They're not that interested in it. Their, their feed is not anything like your feed. So they're not seeing the same stuff you're seeing and you're not seeing the same, same stuff they're seeing. You should curate your content for the people who are asking you questions, not for other fitness professionals. Yeah. And it might even be a good idea to go on a little bit of an unfollow diet. And if you feel like you need to clean out your feed so you can maybe kind of live a little bit closer to what your clients can see what they're seeing might be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> My feed has almost no fitness on it. I either unfollowed or muted, mostly mute because I don't want people to get all butthurt about it. But I mute so many people in the fitness industry because I don't want to see another fucking video about calorie death. I'm tired of seeing more videos about like my feed is basically all jujitsu, mixed martial arts, boxing, and and now recently babies because somehow Instagram knows I'm having a baby. So it's, that's it. It's fighting and babies is my <laughs> feed right now. That's it. And stand up comedy. That's all I see. I love it. All right. One, one question I'd like to ask you about your business is like, 
What are you working on that you're excited on or excited about for the future? Is there a big new project or are you really just working on growing your core thing that you got going on right now? Doesn't mean that, again, it's a bad thing, but just one of those things that people who are interested, what is going on in your business and like, where are you planning to grow it this year and the next year? Yeah, I've always been really simple with my business, man. I don't have tons of projects. Like I, I have one thing. I have two things. And that so I have my fit, my inner circle for my fitness, yeah. for my fitness clients. And that's I, I don't do one-on-one coaching anymore. I did that from 2011 to 2017. And then when I started my inner, I started my inner circle in 2015. And so it, it took me from 2015 to 2017 to get to the point where I didn't have to do one-on-one anymore. So then I stopped doing one-on-one and now and then it was all one on all my membership for my inner circle. And then in 2019, I started an inner circle model. I call it my mentorship, which is just for coaches. And so I have one membership for fitness people and one membership for business people. And the men, the mentorship just teaches coaches how to number one, educate them on how to be a good coach, motivational interviewing, client psychology, that stuff, teaches them how to write programs, all that, how to do nutrition coaching, and then also teaches them the social media side of things. But it's just those two things. I'm not doing tons of products or any of that stuff. It's just, that's it. Like, I, I'm not, it's funny. Like, I don't want to build an empire. I'm not into that. Like, I don't, I have no interest in having a hundred employees or uh, like having different, I just, I want to live comfortably and, and enjoy my life, work a couple hours a day and then spend the rest of the time with my family and friends. And that's it. So those are the only two things I'm working on. And I think that's very freeing because I think sometimes people feel the social pressure that they got to match other people and adopt their dreams and borrow their dreams. And you can custom create your dream for what your dream life is like. You don't have to do what someone else is doing. We're all unique in that way. So for coaches that are interested, maybe they're, this is something that they're interested in building. What are, what does somebody get when they do the inner circle? What are the benefits? Like how much do you charge if you don't mind sharing? And then is this something you would recommend a coach starts with as a business model, or this is something they should build up to in the future? So I'll go in reverse. The a membership model is a great model if you have a big enough audience. Mm. The membership model does not work if you don't have a big enough audience. It's I started making content in July of 2011. I didn't start I didn't start building the inner circle until December of 2015 and I didn't actually build it big enough to actually, to just focus on that until the summer of 2017. So from to July of 2011 until July of 2017, I built as much as I possibly could until I finally was able to go to the membership model. Most people want to go straight to the membership model because they think it's easy and it's scalable and it's going to be much easier money. People think, oh, and that's why people have low prices a lot. I have a low price because people are more likely to pay lower price than a higher price. That's actually not true. The hardest part is just getting them to take out their credit card. That's the hardest part. So if I could get someone to take their credit card out for 10 bucks, I could get them to take their credit card out for 500 bucks. That's just the hardest part is getting them to be like, it, no one is going to buy something just because it's cheap. It, that's not how it works. No, it, I guarantee you, if I was just like, hey, if you're not into rafting at all, I was like, hey, bro, I've got a really cheap like rafting membership. It's only $7 a month. Like, I'm not fucking paying for that because I don't raft. Like, it's cool that you do, but like, I don't, I'm not interested in that. So it's no one's going to buy this just because it's cheap. People think, oh, I give you new workouts every month and it's really cheap. It's not that easy. Selling a membership is very difficult. So for me, start with one on one. 
one-on-one coaching, I think is the best way. It's the best way to actually learn how to be a good coach. It's the best way to build up your chops as a coach, to actually coach more people one-on-one and learn the different styles of coaching based on the individual. And in that time, you can build up your audience. Once you build up a big enough audience, you can decide if you want to go into the membership model. But I have to tell people, it's not easy. Like the, honestly, think about this. If you have 40 clients, 40 one-on-one clients paying you $200 a month, you're making six figures a year. 40 clients, 200 a month, six figures. 40 clients isn't hard. Like you could do that in a couple hours a day and live an amazing life. Work from home, live an amazing life, super comfortable. Like I would work way less hours if I had 40 clients one-on-one and I would still live very comfortably. And so, just to be clear, you're saying 40 online one-on-one clients. 40 online. Yeah, yeah. 40 online clients at 200 a month. That's just, and 200 a month for whatever it's worth is very inexpensive. Like I was charging 300 a month, 400 a month for, it's 40 clients. I think before you even think about going to a membership model, get at least 40 clients at 200 a month, if not 40 clients at 300 a month. Like, I think that's a much better place to start and then if you decide if like, you want to grow your audience and you really want to build a bigger audience to go scalable route, cool. But don't do it because you think it's easy. It's fucking savagely hard. It is very difficult. It's a ton of time. And I love it. I enjoy it. But I'm working way more than most people are actually working in the world. Like I work way more than most people. Gotcha. And yeah, that's great words of wisdom to online coaches or even in-person coaches that are thinking of getting online. I know that people tend to ask themselves the wrong question, which is how can I make the most money in the quickest way? And I've seen that why people even choose to get their personal training cert is because they chose to be a physical therapist because that's the thing that pays 90 grand a year. And that's the highest paying job I can get with my degree. And then they get in and they're like, this sucks. I don't love it. And I wanted to do more fitness. So I guess I'll become a trainer. And then now they're left with that school bill. And then the same with online is like, how can I make the most money as fast as possible? Not what brings you joy. Maybe some people like doing one-on-one. Some people like group, but find something that you like to do. And I think if I heard you correctly, correct me if I'm wrong, you're saying chase attention first, grow your following, become known so that when you put something up for sale, there's a good amount of people to come in and buy it. If only people know you on social media, it's going to be really hard to make enough money off of that. If only a hundred people know you on social media and half of those people pay for your one-on-one coaching, you're set. If you get a hundred people on social media at a $10 a month membership, Mm. you're not set (laughs) at all. You're not like that's, it's completely different to have 50 for 200 or 300 than it is to have a hundred for 10. It's a very, it's, and people all think, oh, more people are going to buy it when it's lower cost. You don't always want more people buying it at lower cost. Sometimes you want fewer people at a higher cost. And I think that's what people need to understand. And especially if you're just starting out, you think you're going to have this like membership. You have to remember churn is higher in a membership. So people will join, but they'll also cancel sooner. Whereas someone who's in a one-on-one coaching relationship, they'd stay on with me for years. It would stay on with me for four, five, six, seven, eight years of one-on-one coaching, whereas very few people do that in a lower cost membership because they're not getting the same relationship. So if you're going to start a membership with, and you only have a hundred people like following you, never mind just in the membership, but let's say you have a hundred people in your membership, but you don't have many other followers to, to push to, 
like you're going to lose a lot of them early on, which is why the big audience, why that attention is necessary. Gary says it all the time. Attention is the asset. It's the most important asset if you want to build that type of a business, because then you have more people to reach over time. But if you don't have that, go one-on-one. It's a great way to live as well until you build that bigger audience. Love it. All right, Jordan, if anybody was interested, coaches, gym owners in those mentorship programs, where can they find out about it? I think they can find you easily enough on social media, but if they want to find these programs, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah. If you want to join the, I would imagine you don't want to join the fitness one, which is the inner circle just because yeah. you're coach. But if you, it's funny, a lot of people join the fitness one, a lot of coaches join it and they actually use those programs with their clients. If you want to join sfinnercircle.com, it's $24.99 a month. Actually, the way I structure it is it's $24.99 a month, but it's paid quarterly. And the reason I do that is because I realized that, so it's 75 bucks paid for like a couple of times, a few times a year is I realized sometimes people would sign up for the one month. And when they sign up for one month, they would cancel after a month because they're expecting, because it's one month, they expect huge results in that month timeframe. And I was like, I don't want these people anymore. So now I require minimum three month commitment with that initial sign up, And the results have been so much better. The people who sign up are much more committed right from the beginning. So there's that. And then for the mentorship, it's the fitnessbusinessmentorship.com. I do it with my buddy, Mike Vacanti, who's Gary Vaynerchuk's coach now. That one's 1500 bucks to sign up and then 99 a month after that. But it's a very intensive program to teach you how to actually build your online coaching business. Love it. All right, Jordan, thank you so much for being so giving by sharing so many golden nuggets, helping, again, the people in the industry to be better. Again, I'm with you in terms of like really trying to focus on that general pop. Breaks my heart when I see that statistic that the United States is on track to be at 50% obesity by the year 2030. And I see coaches, it's a war against obesity. And I see coaches as soldiers and gyms as forward operating bases. And we really got to turn around because again, we want to stay the best and strongest and most powerful country in the world. And it starts with the people of that country. And if they're healthy and fit, they can do great things, achieve amazing dreams and make amazing products to make the world a better place. So I I appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much. And I'm going to look forward to getting to know you more over time and seeing you grow and hitting that one milli here very soon on Instagram, man. It's right around the corner. So excited for you and everything you're doing, man. And again, thank you for your time. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Hey guys, it's Dustin here with Gym Reinforcements. And I got a quick question for you, my fellow gym owners, who right now in your business is doing the follow-up. Is it you? Is it a coach? Is it somebody who doesn't love it and it's draining their energy? Well, I'm telling you right now, your business is being held back until this is being done the right way by somebody who loves sales, who loves follow-up, who loves connecting with people. And that is what we provide for you with gym reinforcements, all right? We are a done-for-you follow-up service specifically for gym owners. We do your texts, calls, emails, all the outbound, and we're gonna do it right in your CRM so you can see everything right in front of you. And the goal is to talk to these people, connect with them, learn about their pain points, and then move them into your program so you can change their life. And this is something that we love to do at Gym Reinforcements because we know when you get them in your doors, they're gonna get a healthy body and you're gonna have a healthier business because you have a new member. So go to gymreinforcements.com, book a call with me, let's connect and let's see if Gym Reinforcements can help you take your business to the next level. Talk to you soon.